Hello and welcome to Moving Kentucky Forward. I'm Bruce Maples, publisher of Forward Kentucky. You know, there are some actions that are so outrageous and so partisan that you just can't believe your ears. You hear about it and you go, no, nobody's that mean or that partisan or that stupid. This is one of those stories. A few years ago, if you remember, we had some impeachment efforts in Kentucky. There was one group headed by Andrew Cooperwriter who tried to impeach Governor Bashir. There was another group led primarily by jurors from the Breonna Taylor case who tried to impeach Attorney General Daniel Cameron over his handling of that case. And then there was a third effort which was led by some voters to try and impeach Robert Goforth over his alleged improprieties. All of these were eventually dismissed by the impeachment committee in the House. What you may not know is that all three of these groups were charged fees by the legislature supposedly over the time it took to handle these cases and the time of the legislators and the time of the staff and so on and so forth. So everybody was charged. Uh, frankly, I had forgotten all about this until a few weeks ago. I got a press release noting that the charges for the Republican, Andrew Cooperwriter, who, by the way, is a candidate in this year's elections, that those charges were dropped, not by the impeachment committee, but simply by the legislative leadership. But at the same time, they are pressing the charges, the bill, against the other two groups and refusing to dismiss those charges just like they did for their Republican buddy. I spoke with Anna Whites, who is bringing a lawsuit to stop this ridiculously partisan act. And let's hear what she has to say. So we're here today with attorney Anna Weitz of Frankfurt, who is representing these plaintiffs in this lawsuit that just sort of popped up the other day. I have to admit that I had completely erased the impeachments from my mind. That seems like another 20 years ago or something. So Anna, why don't you bring us up to speed? There was originally this group that tried to impeach Governor Bashir, and one of the plaintiffs in that group was Andrew Cooperwriter, which is a great name. And then there's a, another group that tried to impeach Daniel Cameron over his handling of the Breonna Taylor case. So that's what I remember, but why don't you bring us up to speed on what I'm leaving out? Okay, you are right. Andrew Cooperwriter and some other Republicans uh, filed an impeachment action against Governor Bashir. Simultaneously, three of the Breonna Taylor grand jurors and, and some others, through their representative, Attorney Kevin Glogauer, filed an impeachment action against the Attorney General Cameron, claiming that one, he had um, falsely represented during a press conference that he'd given the grand jurors all the evidence, um, that they made a decision based on the entirety of the evidence and weren't influenced or denied opportunity to see whether those officers could be charged. 
And secondly, uh, discussing Attorney General Cameron's leadership as part of the executive committee of the RAGA, uh, Republican Attorneys General of the Nation, PAC, which had done a lot of robocalls and advertising, encouraging people to go to the nation's capital on January 6th, Patriots Go protest. And um, the complainants felt that was not conduct becoming an attorney general, um, a peace officer and an officer of the law. There was a third impeachment action filed by local voters in um, State Representative Robert Goforth's district because uh, former Representative Goforth had engaged in some unethical registry of election finance actions regarding his campaign, sort of an abusive office there and a failure to report expenditures, but much more importantly, had allegedly tried to strangle his wife with an Ethernet cord in front of their children who were under the age of 10, so little kids. And again, those voters felt that conduct was not becoming a state representative. And so in the go-forth action, they offered the impeachment committee or the legislature two alternatives. They said, one, please impeach him. If you elect not to do that, then will you please, as is allowed under state law, as members of the legislature, censure him and require that he go to domestic violence counseling. The legislature compiled a committee, primarily Republicans, um, obviously they had more than 50% of the vote, to hear these actions or allegedly hear them. In fact, there was very little hearing going on. They never let any of the plaintiffs on either side, either the Cooperider plaintiffs or the other two sets appear in front of the committee, present any evidence, question any witnesses, make any legal or uh, factual arguments. The committee would literally impanel, say, hello, we're here today, go into executive session and come out uh, hours later. And um, the committee chair, Representative Jason Nemus, also a Republican, had indicated that the committee would charge those bringing impeachment actions, um, fines and costs. And so from day one, in writing to the committee, I said, these are taxpayers, these are working people, they're not rich, they're not special, they're not paying for their attorneys, they're getting free legal representation. Do not charge citizens for raising important public issues about elected officers. The committee, after uh, Several months, well, maybe a month and a half, suddenly went into the meeting, came out, announced that it was a unanimous vote that the Cameron and the Glogauer impeachment and the Goforth impeachment would be dismissed. Prior to doing that, they had invited two UK law professors, one of whom is Representative Osborne's private attorney, Mm. who said on the record, Uh, For this two hours of my life, I'm not the speaker's attorney. I'm just an independent lawyer. The other of whom um, does not practice as an attorney, although he's uh, got a law degree from somewhere. Both those professors came and sat and waited for the committee for hours, uh, billing for their sit and wait time, and Mm -hmm. then spoke very briefly and tendered an, an opinion to the committee that said, we don't think people should be allowed to impeach uh, state reps or an attorney general. Next meeting the committee had, they said, we are assessing fines and costs against all, all the citizens who filed any of these impeachments, the Republicans, the Democrats, everyone. And again, I filed a motion that said, do not 
do not charge citizens for this, I will object. So they tendered a bill that is um, $18,000 to these citizens and to the Breonna Taylor grand jurors and said, you owe us for a percentage of our legislative time, even though they were in session and the impeachment committee was just another legislative committee. They don't charge us for being on government review, judiciary, health and welfare, but they felt they could charge us for their time on this. They also attempted to charge us for keeping the building open, a percentage of utilities, a percentage of the state troopers who defend the Capitol, and um, $5,000 each for the law professors. And I said, no, we're not paying you. And um, the attorney general did say they asked him to also make my clients pay a bill for trying to question whether um, he should be AG, and he declined to submit a bill. Um, the governor did submit a bill and said Cooper Ryder should also have to pay another $20,000 for the governor's lawyers in the course and scope of their job as the governor's lawyers defending him. Um, so in a very strange move, um, all of us impeachment plaintiffs filed a federal lawsuit because it is a state act and um, the state actors, in this case, the legislature, were trying to impose costs and fines on private citizens for doing private citizen things and acting under color of state law, which is a federal offense. So we filed the federal court action. And it sat there very quietly for a couple of months. Um, nobody did anything. Uh, the legislator's attorney said, well, let's wait. We're in session. Um, and then reached out to the Cooper Rider plaintiffs uh, three weeks ago and said, the legislature has decided that everyone who tried to impeach Governor Bashir doesn't have to pay any costs and fines. We're dismissing hmm. those. We're never going to bring those up against you. You're free to go. It's interesting to note that several of those folks, Jacob Clark, who was in it initially and stepped out before the final ruling, and Andrew Cooper Rider are both running for office. Um, one's running for, I think, state rep. Cooper Rider's running for state senate. They're both Republicans. So the Republican-led legislature dismissed the Republicans without ever reconvening the impeachment committee or holding any hearing to determine whether this agreed order dismissing them should be granted. And then they called me, the attorney for the legislature, and said, we're not dismissing your Democratic plaintiffs. We're not dismissing the Breonna Taylor grand jurors. We still will fine you. Um, would you like to write us a check? And I said, no, we would like to continue to sue you. And so because it is a federal court action, the next step, which happened uh, earlier this week and end of last week, is we begin discovery. So we propounded questions, lawyer word, sent questions to the legislature asking, who made this decision? What legislative committee allowed you to do this? How do you contend, legislature, that it's a legislative act to build these private citizens and how is it equitable or fair or permitted to sort of randomly dismiss the Republicans and keep the Democrats in? How is that fair? Is that really a violation of due process and unequal treatment of similarly situated individuals? And so um, 26 days from now, the legislature will have to answer those questions um, via their attorney. What they have done is 
name only Melissa Bybee Fields, the clerk of the House of Representatives, as the party defendant. And I think we all know that the clerk is not making this decision. Ms. Bybee Fields did not wake up one day and say, I think I'll charge some Democrats $18,000. That'd be fun. Obviously, she's acting at the direction of supervisors who are, in my opinion, not acting in accordance with their legislative duties. They're off on a frolic of their own, um, trying to penalize Democrats. And um, if you look back in the record of the impeachment proceedings, Attorney General Cameron, on the actual one-year anniversary of Breonna Taylor's death, sent a letter to the impeachment committee and said, please take every action to deter these citizens from trying to impeach me. Um, and, and it appears to me two years after Breonna Taylor died, we're still doing that. We're still trying to penalize those, those grand jurors for saying, hey, wait, something was wrong in the grand jury proceeding. The indictments were not proper and we should not be fined for raising this important question. And if you think about it, there's no other legislative committee that I know of in my 20 some years working with legislature who, that charges citizens who come before it and raise questions. You can simply walk into a legislative committee and write a question down and appear and talk and they don't charge you anything. Similarly, the legislature frequently invites experts in to testify before a committee, almost every committee meeting. Those experts do not charge the legislature for that testimony. They either say, no, thank you, I'm not coming, or they come and they give their opinion. So why is this the one committee that private individuals, these law professors, were called into, testified before the committee, and then said, and here's my bill for not just my testimony, but the several hours I spent thinking about my testimony and the several hours I spent waiting to testify, sitting at my desk, waiting for the Zoom link to go live because they were not even there in person. And that that just seems so unusual, so improper, so strange. And it seems really calculated to tell, send a really strong message to the Democrats. Do not question us or we will we will find you. And so. Um, I, I certainly don't bear the clerk any ill will. I represented the prior clerk, and I know as speaker we'd have been, our office where my husband and Greg Stumbo and I work would never, ever have put that clerk in front and center in a case like this. So I'm ashamed of the speaker's office doing that. You don't take somebody who's, you know, just a, a, a very important employee, but also not making a ton of money, you know, doing public service. And you don't point to that person and say, it's her, ignore me, do what you want to the girl. And so um, that's upsetting to me, but that's the defendant they gave us. So we're moving forward, recognizing it is not clerk by B. Fields. This is Speaker Osborne or Representative Means. So let me clarify a couple of things. The bill for the Cooper Rider group was not from the legislature, it was from the governor. It was both. No, both both sets got a bill from the legislature and they got additionally, the Cooper Rider plaintiffs got a bill from the governor's office. The governor dismissed his early on, but the legislature still had their bill outstanding. Okay, so the Cooper Rider group got both the governor's bill and the legislature's bill dismissed. Correct. You're representing the Breonna Taylor uh, plaintiffs 
and the go forth complainants? Yes, I am. Okay. Yes, there were there were a number of them. And another strange thing was in go forth and in Daniel Cameron, there were multiple complainants or plaintiffs, not just three on each side. And very strangely, the committee did not assess fines against all the plaintiffs. They just picked and chose. They said, we'll take the three Brianna Taylor grand jurors and only charge them, but none of the citizens. And then go forth, we're only going to charge Mike and Carol Van Winkle um, because Mike has been a Democratic candidate and is currently working on the Chris Price campaign. I think he's campaign manager. And they said, we'll charge this guy. But the other, uh, the other six or seven complainants did not have any fees assessed. So 18,000 in each case or a total of 18,000? I believe it's 18,000 in each case or somewhere okay. around, it's between 12 and 18 and I, I mm-hmm. should know that, but since I've said my people are not paying it, I'm not paying attention to the numbers. <laughs> gotcha. It's $1 or a million dollars, we'll go to the US Supreme Court. We're not, I'm not letting them charge citizens for raising public interest. This may not be something you can answer but have you sort of, through back channels, reached out to anybody in the legislative leadership or in the legislature and say, and said, really, you really want to go with this? Or are, is it, are we now at the, we don't talk except through our lawyers phase? Well, unfortunately, with the law degree comes, if somebody is represented by counsel, you can't talk to them unless their lawyer says, please. Um, okay. And so I can't call the legislators and say, hey, Jason Nemus, please don't do this. Or David Osborne, what the heck? Um, But I have been very open over the entire like last six months speaking to their counsel, Greg Woosley, and saying, um, please don't do this. And I am infamous and uh, frustrate my husband immensely because if I am the attorney on the other side, I always give advance warning. I am going to do X if you don't do Y. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in stabbing people in the back. I work in my own office and um, my word is my bond. So I can't be crooked. And so I said immediately to, to Greg Woosley, and we've had many talks, I am going to fight this. I will take this to the Supreme Court if I can. I don't want you to bail these folks. Really just dismiss us like you dismissed the Cooper Riders. Um, and even said, why did you dismiss the Republican candidates while keeping uh, trying to attack the Democratic candidates? Please go back and ask your clients, Greg, the legislature, and, and ask them if they'll treat everyone equally or ask them if they'll dismiss the action. Um, and each time he has come circle back to me and said, I've talked to them and they want to carry on. And at this point, I have no choice. Sure. And they dismissed the entire Cooper Rider bill three weeks ago, you said? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you filed for discovery. Uh, it's amazing how much I've learned about the legal world when covering politics. <laughs> so you filed for discovery uh, in district court? It is or, federal district court. So it's district. federal court, but federal district court is like our circuit court. And then if you lose there, you go on to the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals, which is like our Court of Appeals. So it's essentially a circuit court, but in the federal forum applying federal law. And we filed for discovery, which is really just narrative questions that we ask, like, why did you do this? Um, But also copies of documents. We're asking, 
who told the clerk to do this and on what legislative basis did you make this decision? Please show me the law, the act, the resolution that said you could do this. Yeah. So last question, this sort of, you know, you sent out the press release about going to discovery and I immediately contacted you about doing this interview. Have you had any other press coverage? Is, Is anybody else coming forward saying, oh my goodness, look at this story? A number of other media, print media outlets have reached out and said, we're very interested in this. Um, Please keep us up to date if any information is forthcoming or if the case is dismissed. And I know some print media have reached out to the legislature to ask because citizens can ask the legislators why they're doing this. But as, as the attorney on the other side, I can't. Um, and I did have a call from a couple of college uh, media outlets and I love to support a college paper. I was a former college paper editor myself, so I'm wonky like that. And and they asked for not just some comments on this, but could they have copies of the initial impeachments? I mean, the, these young people really wanted the whole file. So they said they had a class that was even looking at it. So um, I'm, I guess I'm a journalism exercise, and that's wonderful. <laughs> Anna White's. Throwing some law around in Frankfurt. <laughs> well, I probably will come back to you once something develops. I'm interested to hear what discovery shows. Oh, yes. Here's this bill that we passed in the dead of the night to, to <laughs> dismiss the Cooper Rider thing. It just is amazing that somebody would not say, wait a minute, guys, this guy's a candidate and we're going to dismiss this bill. That's that's not really too public aware, I don't think, but they did. Anna Whites, thank you for your time. Thank you. Well, there you have it. One of the more bizarre and frankly, highly partisan things I've ever seen come out of Frankfurt. We will see in a few days what happens with Discovery. I will say that I have reached out to the legislative leadership to ask if they have any comment or answers to this have not heard so far. If we do, we will certainly add it to the story. That's all for this podcast. We'll see you in the next one.